and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Welcome Darren Newman to the Fleet Geeks podcast. How are you doing today, mate? You all right? Hi, Peter. I'm very well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm really, really good, thank you. So um, just before we went on air, you were saying that you think you might have picked up a bit of COVID at um, Brussels Airport, but you're getting over it now. How yeah. Is it? is it your first time you've had it or have you had it before? No, I'm an old timer. No, it's my second. It's my second time. Yeah, so I think I got it uh, probably on Tuesday coming through uh, Brussels Airport. So I've had two days of sore throat, two days of that sort of weak feeling and and now a couple of days of snot hopefully it's behind me so um yeah, yeah moving on it's it's becoming it's becoming a bit prevalent again isn't it it's sort of back on back on the scene covid's popular again and uh yeah. it's obviously doing the rounds i haven't been offered another jab though or anything so i don't know whether i don't know whether they still do the jabbing thing or not who knows yeah. Don't know, don't know. Let's not go there. <laughs> anyway, anyway, on that note, we'll just talk about the injection of um, carbon literacy that we're looking to give listeners uh, as they listen to this podcast. So um, to give listeners a little bit of context, obviously, uh, Darren and I have, have done a podcast previously before on a Half Dozen Things podcast, which some of you will listen to. Um, this one we're recording for Fleet Geeks. And Darren and I have partnered up, partnered up on an exciting project through uh, the flagship partners are going to be offering, which is a uh, carbon literacy for transport operators training course. And it's a, it's an exciting opportunity. Darren recently, a couple of weeks ago, came and spoke uh, about carbon literacy at the transport managers briefing, which was really well received. And I've had some fantastic feedback uh, with people very excited to sort of learn more um learn more about stuff but I, I guess sort of the first thing is is we've got a course coming up in a month and we're just going to have a bit more of a chat about what that is but I guess the first question Darren is what what got you interested in starting your business low carbon truck consultancy um I was working with alternative fuels um at Volvo sort of my last uh, employed role um and I got quite interested I've been in transport all my life um and been responsible obviously for putting quite a lot of diesel vehicles onto the road um and i got into that sort of alternative fuels uh with a volvo gas vehicle uh did all the sort of electrical training um just prior to the launch of the volvo um evs um and really for me it, it's just it's the next stage of the industry isn't it it's it's where everything's going it's where we're moving to so um you know i had the opportunity to do a little bit of work um i liked working uh for myself really um and now i've got my fingers in a, a lot of different um sustainability sort of transport related pies and um yeah I, I think the the industry needs some help um you know in, in many different ways to to understand um some of the jargon so uh yeah my business is there to help um SMEs, small businesses, transport people in the main, but I, I work um, with a few different organisations. I work with a think tank in Brussels on legislation. I work with um, an energy supplier. I do a bit of writing for, for Carbon Zero. So I, I kind of 
get involved in all aspects of of transport decarbonisation. Um, you know, many people look at it and think, oh, it just means one thing. It means electric, but there's 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 a lot of things to learn. There's a lot of things we can do uh, before we start spending money to minimise your impact on the environment. Um, so, you know, I, I understand this industry very well. Um, I, I want to protect the environment from sort of the emissions of transport, but I also want to protect the transport industry from some of the most, for some of the more, um, not crazy, but but strict legislation that's coming along. Um, yeah. uh, and I just want to make sure that, uh, you know, there are as fewer casualties in our industry as possible in this transition because i think you know it has got the potential to um spill some blood for want of a better word and um you know the, the industry is in a in a tight corner at the moment i would say with increasing costs and driver shortages and um you know there's a lot of legislation there's a lot of things going on in the industry and, and as you know it's a it's a high capital low margin tight business um so you know mistakes are costly very costly so that's you know you, you make you make a really good point there mate and uh, i keep meaning to like mention that you're like transport's answer to greta but without the without the condescension right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i nearly referred to you during the uh, the transport managers briefing as darren greta newman um but it's not it's not really the same thing is it and but the issue is is that so there's a couple of things to pick up on there before we really talk about what the what the training is there's a few key things to pick up there. There's a bit of a stigma around this stuff, isn't there? Particularly with Greta. Like when I look through my social media, there are, there's a real adverse reaction, particularly from people in the sector towards uh, like, you know, the environmental challenges we face and those challenges. I think most of the people recognize that there's a challenge, that there is a problem to deal with, but they're a bit averse to, exploring new opportunities but i think the worst thing is is that they don't like being dictated to and being told to do stuff so that that's the first thing that i wanted to pick up on so don't let me forget about that and then the other is that you know we are in a very uncertain and challenging time we've just seen as we record this we've just seen nights of old what five six hundred vehicles something like that um which is obviously very challenging um there's a very challenging economic environment or backdrop to some of these challenges and like you say with high capital expenditure and high capital investment with very low margins for return and potentially even squeezing those with some of this investment that there isn't very much room for error at all is there so people do need to get the best information the best consultancy they can to make sure that they're making making well-informed decisions yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just going back to your first point, I think you're right. There's a lot of people. It's a spectrum, isn't it? So, on one end, you have the sort of fanatics, scaremongers, and people that are just, you know, we have to degrowth, we have to stop doing everything, you know, we have to go back to sort of living hunter gatherer lifestyles almost. And then at the other end, which hand did I use before? That one. Um, and at the other end, you've got people that are, are com in complete denial. Um, but I think the vast majority of people are, are somewhere in the middle. You know, they're more rational. Um, they know there's a problem. They know something's got to be done. Um, but what you know, what what no one can afford to do is is rush into this and spend lots of money and put yourself out of business because that doesn't help anybody. You know, that doesn't help solve any of the problems. Um, and it creates more problems than it solves. So, you know, I, I'm not overly political with this stuff. Um, I, I'm not even overly um, uh, sort of an, a, a 
doom monger about you know the, the future and I, I think you know people have got to get some perspective on this um but you know th there are plenty of things you can do which don't cost the earth but for me it's more about arming people with the understanding the terminology the language the landscape so that people can have a conversation with their customers and and and, and understand some of these things you know know what they are talking about um, you know, could we use the word carbon an awful lot, don't we? It, and it, it represents a lot of different things, and people get confused between harmful tailpipe emissions, which are, are pollutants and harmful to health, but they're not bad for the environment or for the uh, global warming. And then you have things that uh, are, are really bad for the for the uh, atmosphere and the planet, and help or contribute towards global warming, but they're not they're not poisonous or pollutants. So people get quite confused because. An exhaust tailpipe has a whole load of um, chemicals coming out of it, and uh, you know people are a little bit confused about what is what, what's being measured, what legislation controls each of these different emissions, and and this you know for me it's, it's trying to put some clarity around that subject so people can converse um, with their customers, with their suppliers, uh, and understand where their impacts are, what can be done, what can't be done, um, uh, and what the obligations and legislation is around it all. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think it's um, when when I was listening to you speak about the subject at the transport manager briefing, it, it did. It harked back to a really interesting application of science, but in the transport sector. So we are really very much looking at, you know, and I think people don't really realise the difference. But as you were just saying, there are some light bulbs will have gone off around carbon and around pollutants and around the air that we breathe and and the, the the sort of challenges that we're facing so um if i sort of get into the crux of it so the learning objectives um for the carbon literacy so well first of all carbon literacy for fleet operators the, the starting point is there's the carbon literacy project isn't there which is sort of the underwriting uh, or the people that are underwriting and supporting the the development of the course so tell me a bit about the carbon literacy project first darren the Carbon Literacy Project are an organisation based in Manchester um, and, and they're involved with training generally uh, the public around carbon literacy. So, um, And they've partnered with several different organisations to try to develop courses within certain fields of specialisation as well. And that's kind of where I tied up with them. I had actually started uh, creating a course because I thought there was some value before I'd even heard of the Carbon Literacy project um, but I came across them um, looked at what they were doing um, enrolled myself I went on a carbon literacy course and then uh, I thought it was a, it's a good uh, introduction to the whole topic so I then decided I was going to um, get my own course certified so uh, my course is certified through the carbon literacy project but it's got a particular slant on transport trucks uh, and commercial um, haulage um, so, so far, they've trained um, 72,452 individuals. Um, they've got 236 certified training professionals, about 6,000 organisations, uh, 500-odd courses. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's growing and growing and growing, and they're partnering with all sorts of people in all sorts of different sectors to try and expand it out. But what it does mean is it's a, it's a common... Um, qualification it's a it's a recognized uh sort of certificate that you get at the end of it so the course starts what is climate talks about climate science talks about uh 
um, you know, how uh, global warming occurs, what um, different compounds and chemicals and, and emissions actually affect it. And then we go more into um, how trucks and transport actually contribute as well. So we talk about you know, what things come out of a tailpipe, why we're looking at zero tailpipe emission, where are other emissions within uh, a typical truck and transport operation, because obviously everything is not just from the vehicle, you've got your lighting, your heating, um, your own supply chains as well. Um, so you know we go into what the impact of transport is on the climate. Then we look at um, all of the different things you can do to impact this and it starts with the really simple things like improving efficiency um, and then we go through all the different technical technical solutions which are out there um, but we talk about you know talk about tires we talk about telematics we talk about driver training but we also talk about electric trucks we talk about hydrogen we talk about gas we talk about biofuels and hvo and all of those things um, and, and we look at the sort of the costs we look at the benefits we look at the carbon savings um, then we go into um, carbon reporting. Um, who comes under that legislation? What the legislation controls? What the targets and the deadlines and the milestones are going into the future to hit net zero at 2050? Um, and, and it gives people a flavor and it gives people um, the tools they need really to understand their own carbon footprint. And it, it shows you how to set a baseline for your business it shows you what to measure, how to measure, how to get the information. Um, how do you know how much CO2 comes from a litre of diesel, for example? How do you know, um, you know what impacts your other uh, energy uses are having on the environment? And it gives you a way to track those over time. And it looks about putting plans in place to how you can reduce that over time. So it's about getting a baseline, understanding what your emissions are. Because what's, what we see happening quite a lot is... Um, environmental legislation tends to work from the top down. So the biggest companies are impacted. They happen to do carbon reporting. There's a number of other schemes that they're um, sort of dragged into for legal reasons. Um, but the, the SMEs and the smaller people don't necessarily have that obligation to report their carbon emissions. But what we're finding more and more is, is where small operators or, or, or medium-sized operators are working for larger companies. Those larger companies do come under the legislation so often they get a knock on the door or they get in a phone call or an email to say, right, I'm embarking on uh, a net zero journey. Um, I'm working internally within my business, but obviously you're one of my suppliers. So I'd like to talk to you about this. And the, and the course really gives them the language. It gives them the tools. It gives them the understanding of the legislation um, so that when that call comes or, or that email comes, they're in a position to answer it and they can say, yeah, this is where I am. This is where I'm going. Um, this is my impact. I, I understand it. Um, and, and I'm a valued partner, really, because that's what this is about, isn't it? It's about, you know, keeping those relationships with your customers and your suppliers um, and making sure that you can you can provide the information that they need when they come to the point of um, doing their own net zero planning. So really, it's about um, helping people with those conversations. Hello, it's Sharni from Flagship Partners. We are really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. If you need expert advice or training for your fleet business, make Flagship Partners your first choice. We are really excited to announce the launch of our Transport Manager Academy with expert development for fleet leaders. We offer fully accredited initial Transport Manager CPC training, CPC refresher and operator license awareness training, as well as mentoring, support and professional development beyond the qualification. 
Our vision is to develop elite fleet professionals. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think that's that that's the thing that I got. That was my key takeaway from from your session at the transport managers briefing. Is that this all seems a long way off for operators, but actually, that the reality is is that no matter the size of your transport or fleet business, you are part of the supply chain and part of someone else's supply chain. And there's certainly this requirement for larger organisations to do their carbon reporting, and your your carbon fits part of that. So one one challenge you have is you need to understand what they're talking about. You know, when when companies come to you and ask for this information, you need to understand it. Yeah. Um, uh, and secondly, it'd be good if you've got some level of measurement or how to measure it, as well as the the key thing is when people think, well, what's in it for me? The the thing is, is they're going to learn. You know, I'm looking at the learning objectives on on my screen now. They're going to learn the science of climate change and carbon and the impacts and effects of that. Understanding what transport emissions about transport emissions, which in, includes alternative fuels, and looking at the new modern technologies coming in, reducing carbon in transport operations, and then understanding their influence over that as well. But finally, they get this plan, don't they? So, tell us a bit more about the the plan side, which is basically their their, their sort of takeaway that they take from the course at, at the other end. But there's two elements of it. One is is and and again, it's, it's a peer-to-peer course so it's you know people are going to be with people in similar situations to themselves so there'll be other professional transport people so it's a you know shared and group learning as well because you know nobody's an expert in all of this stuff and and you know i think we could learn as much from our peers um as we can from anywhere else so it's yeah how how to create a decarbonization plan how how can you track how can you monitor and how can you you know what things you need to do and you know that starts not with spreadsheets and calculators that starts with a first question why are we doing this you'll be doing it for environmental reasons are we doing it for business reasons are we doing it for legislative reasons there's a number of reasons why you might want to do this but at, at some point everybody's going to get sucked in if that's the right word um and, and today as i said carbon reporting starts at the biggest companies but over time that will come down um and you know there will be a time in the future where annually everyone is is submitting carbon reports like they do with their financial accounts. You know whether company's house will be the place that that gets logged or not. Um, but we will get to a position where you know if anybody wants to know your carbon footprint as a business, they'll be able to go online and they'll be able to find out. And and you know they can then determine if they want to partner with you and, and work with you as a supplier. So you know those are the, the those are the. Um, sort of things around creating a plan. But the other part of the carbon literacy project, which they encourage, is for everybody that goes on the course to have some degree of, of action themselves. So at the end of the course, um, we ask delegates to, to create an action plan, um, uh, have an assessment of what impact that's going to have. Um, that goes off to the carbon literacy project people. They will assess it. And, and basically, it's, it's, a, it's a pass or fail. Um, and, and that's required to get your certificate. So, you know, and, and what we do there is, you know, if there's a an owner of a business, then you could expect that person to have quite a lot of influence, quite a lot of clout, and you would expect a, a, a relatively significant um, effort made by someone like that. But if a, if a transport manager comes in who's worked for a much bigger organisation, has got less control and less influence, then, you know, then a plan... Uh, equivalent to the level of influence they have in the business. And again, even if, if uh, 
drivers come on the course or other people you know so you know we, we want people to take action that's commensurate with the position and the influence they have and we talk about how to influence people how to get things involved because for me the the, the you know the stark reality of all of this is you know there's targets there's pledges uh, there's legislation but if you add all of those together it doesn't get us far enough so there's still more to do and that comes from voluntary action uh, from the public from companies from organizations who want to go a little bit further and faster than the legislation dictates they do so there is a gap there between what the legislation and, and the guidelines and the pledges uh, entail um, and what we actually need to do as a species to, to limit warming uh, as far as possible. So, you know, it's, it's, it's about what can I do? Um, and, and the course really helps people with that question. Um, and, you know, as I say, we, we, we like to see some commitment. We like to see um, an action plan. We like to just see people picking one or two things that they can influence within their role um, that's going to sort of go towards the greater good, if you like. So... Um, that's the sort of requirement of the of the program. Um, so yeah, hopefully, you know, when delegates go through it, they'll have a good understanding of what's possible. They'll have a good understanding of where to start. They can have a, a, a good go at putting all of their own emissions down and set themselves a baseline. Because you know, if you want to measure anything, you've got to know where you're going to start measuring from, and that baseline becomes your your sort of base into the future, which you can then sort of mark yourself against. Um, and, and, and as I said before, you know, it's not all about spending money, but it's about getting the right processes, getting the right thinking in place and working towards a long term objective. And there are some some things that um, I would recommend that everybody starts today because there are some awfully long um, timescales in some of this. So, you know, if you want to electrify your fleet at some point in, in the future, um, long, long before that happens, you have to understand what energy requirement your fleet has what charging requirement your fleet has and also what energy your site has because that's a big stumbling block in terms of getting enough energy to people's sites for the future of electrification so even if you think well i'm not ready for this and i don't need to for maybe 5 10 15 or whatever time frame that is um there are certain things that you ought to be doing today just so that you know when that time comes you're prepared you know you're ready um and you, you don't you know you don't get uh, you don't hit a brick wall basically um with a you know, district network operator saying to you oh yeah you've, you've got a four-year waiting list now before we can connect you up to any more power um that's the last thing you want to hear when you've got vehicles on order so you know there, there are there are things and, and you have to plan them out in the correct order but as i say this is not all about spending money it's about understanding the language understanding the environment and being able to be literate you know literally literate in, in the whole topic Fantastic. I was going to say there, there, there's lots of there's lots of benefits there, isn't there, around the learning that people are going to get to take away, and then also the, I guess, the advanced planning. I'm starting to think about those infrastructure elements that you're talking about, which is potentially it feels like a long way in the future. But as you as you say, this isn't you know in the industry we're so used to having mandatory training and training that we're forced to have through CPC yeah. and and that kind of stuff. This is absolutely voluntary for people, and it's it's one of those. Uh, that we would suggest is an investment, you know. Um, please excuse the dogs in the background. I can hear squeaking toys and it will let you uh, cough as well. But it, it probably draws me to a conclusion anyway, because I think we've done a really good job of covering uh, the key elements of this training. And what I would say is 
as part of the show notes, we're going to put the link to our website page with more information about the course and how to book. Um, it's coming up on the 8th of November and we'd really love to see more people booked on it. Um, we've got a few on there already and we're looking to really make sure that it's uh, at, at max capacity and we sell the house out because it's a, just a really exciting opportunity. And I believe we're one of the first training providers to be offering a course of this, this type and it will give learners an opportunity to really start to lead the way as well in the industry as well and for them to um really improve on their literacy as well so um darren is there any sort of final thoughts from you before we sign off no but just just to confirm what you said there there's a few people doing this in the car sector but this is the only sort of carbon literacy certified course with the recognized qualification for you know commercial truck and van operators that there is out there so for me it's it's, it's a great start to get you onto that road um and, and it's, it's yeah as you said the, the more people we get on the course the more shared experience and, and the more everyone can learn so it's really a group activity i would say absolutely darren thanks for taking the time out to come and have a chat with me um particularly after having suffered from covid as well so uh really appreciate that and hope uh, hope you continue to get better um listeners if you've got any questions if you've got anything you'd like to ask please do drop us a line and we'll be more than happy to help support that uh, thank you for having a listen and i'll catch you all on the next one thank you very much thank you. i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did please share with your friends and colleagues too join us for free on facebook with the fleet geeks community for transport and fleet managers fleet geeks offers ongoing professional development networking and mentoring too so get in touch with me pete rushmer on any social media platform to find out more